Good morning everyone. I hope you had a great summer. We have recently returned from lovely Dorset where we had some great family time together. And as I've been reflecting on our time away, if I were to sum it up in just two words, they would have to be ice cream. We have a mutual love for ice cream in our family and we enjoyed many shared moments eating ice cream together. We didn't have one every day, but I'm not gonna lie, we definitely had an ice cream most days. Who knew that Dorset had such a comprehensive list of exciting and different flavors? We loved it, but nobody enjoyed the ice cream more than our five-year-old daughter, Aria. She adored it. And watching her in the process of choosing and eating her ice cream was very funny. She would spend ages looking at the list of flavors and agonizing over her choice. And all credit to her, because there were such different flavors, she decided that every time she had an ice cream on holiday, she would choose something she'd never tried before, which I think is awesome. But it also meant that the process of choosing took ages. And when she'd finally settled on her flavor, she would wait with eager anticipation. As soon as that cone was handed to her, her little eyes would close and she would get straight down to tasting the ice cream. And then you would see this absolute eruption of joy over her face. And every single time she tried a new flavor, no matter what it was, she would say the same thing. This is the best ice cream ever. And very swiftly, she would reach out her hands and she would offer me a taste of her ice cream. And she'd say, mommy, mommy, you have to try this. This is the best flavor ever. And usually I would start by saying, oh darling, I don't need to try it. I've got my own ice cream. And she would say, no, you have to try mine. This is the best flavor ever. Please taste it, mommy, it's so good. So I would try it and I would make the appropriate, wow, that's amazing, faces and noises. And then she would do the same with every family member. Each of us had to try and share in this moment of the great flavor that she had found. In fact, grandma joined us for a day and you know, grandmas are great for buying ice creams, aren't they? So sure enough, after lunch, whilst we were on the beach, grandma offered to buy Aria an ice cream. And as they were walking over together, she was telling grandma about the blackcurrant sorbet she had tried the day before. And she was saying to grandma, you can't choose, um, you can't choose your usual flavor, grandma. You need to try something new. And so grandma said, well, maybe I'll have X, Y, or Z. And Aria said, no, you have to have the blackcurrant sorbet. It's the best flavor ever. It was really, really funny. We're moving into a new theme as a church. We've talked about knowing Jesus. We've talked about loving Jesus. We've talked about following Jesus. But now we're going to look at what it means to share Jesus. And in Psalm 34, verse eight, there's an awesome verse. It says this, taste and see that the Lord is good. Blessed is the one who takes refuge in him. You see, we're designed to share Jesus. It's our mission. We're designed to be missional people. That means we are designed to share our faith wherever God has placed us, in our workplace, in our families, in our friendship circles. We are designed to share Jesus. 
our lives should be like an ice cream that people can taste and see that God is good. And if you think about Jesus and the way that he lived his life, he he managed to show and demonstrate and enable others to taste the goodness of God in his actions, in his, the way he lived his life, but also in his words and the stories that he told. Everything invited others to come and experience for themselves and taste for themselves and share for themselves in this goodness of the kingdom of heaven. Aria's joy in sharing her ice cream to me speaks of how it should feel for us as followers of Jesus to share him with others. There should be that joy, it should be this natural moment that isn't forced, that isn't false. Just this moment of saying, hey, I found this amazing thing, check it out, do you want to experience that? But as I was planning and preparing this message, there was this nagging feeling all the time. And it was this, that I know that as we begin to embark on this theme, there will be some of you who are thinking, Oh yes, at last, I'm just so passionate about sharing Jesus. I've been waiting for this time to come. Come on, let's just get on with it, church. But for every one of you, I know that there will be others who are thinking, oh no, sharing Jesus. This is a topic that makes me feel guilty, that makes me feel like a failure, and that often makes me feel like a fraud. And I know that this is something that I'm supposed to do, but it's just not something that I seem to enjoy doing. It doesn't feel like the ice cream moment for you. And I wonder why that is. I wonder why it is that for some of us, it feels like such, um, such an, an easy thing to do. And for others of us, it feels so very difficult. I'm going to share this morning from a really unusual Bible passage. And I know, firstly, that this is based in the Old Testament. And I also know that it actually directly has nothing to do with sharing Jesus. But I think it's the best picture I can find in the Bible of why it may seem to be that for some of us, we just find sharing Jesus a really difficult thing to do, an uncomfortable thing to do. And I, my hope is today that by the time I have finished, all of us will feel released to have the joyful ice cream style tasting and seeing opportunity to share Jesus, just like my five-year-old shares her ice cream. So turn with me, if you would, to 1 Samuel 17. And we're going to read verses 38 to 40. It says this. Then Saul dressed David in his garments and put a bronze helmet on his head and put a coat of mail armour on him. Then David fastened his sword over his armour and tried to walk, but he could not because he was not used to them. So David took them off. Then he took his shepherd's staff in his hand and chose for himself five smooth stones out of the stream bed and put them in his shepherd's bag, which he had, that is, in his shepherd's pouch, 
with his sling in his hands, he approached the Philistine. This is a really interesting passage and picture for me. You see, David was this young, inexperienced shepherd boy. He had been out in the fields looking after sheep and he's putting himself forward to contend with this enormous giant, this Philistine giant, Goliath. No one else, even the most seasoned warriors, wants to take this guy on, but David is getting ready to do so. And Saul hands him his bespoke armour. This armour has served Saul well in many, many battles. It's worked for him and he hands it to David. And it's a kind gesture. It's a well-meaning gesture. He wants David to succeed in his quest. He wants David to be as protected as possible and as successful as possible. So David takes this amazing bronze helmet and he takes the chain armor and he puts it on. But we find that as he tries to walk, it's just not working for him. It's just not working for him. He can't walk properly. It feels heavy. It feels restrictive. It doesn't feel like him. And so he does this really brave thing. He takes it off. Now that's foolishness in some ways, to take off the tried and the tested and to put on or to keep on garments which actually make him look pretty inexperienced and definitely like the underdog as if he didn't already look like that. But David is not comfortable in Saul's armour. What served Saul well had not served David well. Instead, he holds on to his shepherd's staff, the thing that he knows, his tool of the trade. And then he picks up five smooth stones from the stream. And those are the tools with which he is going to get the job done. I wonder if the reason that if we're honest, many of us feel like we are not up to the task when it comes to sharing Jesus, feel like somehow we're always on the back foot rather than the front foot, feel like, oh, it's just all too formulaic, all too forced, maybe, dare I say it, sometimes even fake, is because we have been trying to share Jesus while wearing somebody else's armour. Perhaps we grew up in a particular church culture where sharing your faith, sharing Jesus had to look a certain way. Maybe a well-meaning mentor or church leader shared some top tips or maybe even some kind of formula that worked for them. And we felt that somehow that was the thing that we needed to do in order to authentically share Jesus. But it just felt fake when it came to us. It just didn't fit us well. I want to suggest that many of us do not have a joy when it comes to sharing Jesus, do not have a feeling like Aria with that ice cream of this is the best thing ever. This is a natural moment for me to invite you to share this thing with me. 
is because we're trying to navigate our way through sharing Jesus with armor that belongs to somebody else. It's not bad armor. It's not even wrong armor. It's just not our armor. I came to know Jesus when I was a teenager and I didn't grow up in or around church. And when I gave my life to Jesus, it was like a night and day moment for me. I had a powerful encounter with Jesus and there were many people actually, and many different tools that different people employed for me to get to a point where God met with me and I was open for God to meet with me and give him my life. This peace, this joy, this uncontainable excitement flooded my heart and I knew I was changed. And actually the people around me knew I was different too. And so sharing Jesus at that age for me, oh, it wasn't a hardship. It didn't feel like a chore. It didn't feel forced. It didn't feel formulaic. It was just the most natural thing to do because I was different and I felt this excitement in my heart about what I'd experienced. And so I didn't hit anybody over the head with a Bible. Nobody had told me I needed to share my faith. It just naturally oozed out of my being. I radiated Jesus, not just with my words, but with my whole life. I loved to worship him. I loved to talk about him. I started to write songs about him, which was something I used to do. I used to write songs, but never about Jesus because I didn't know him. And gosh, it was like this life in color for me. And I just wanted everybody else to experience that life in color that had changed my life forever. On the back of that, a few years later, I went to do a year out, a gap year before university, and I signed up to volunteer for a Christian charity. And they had this, this band that basically traveled around the country doing gigs in schools and in youth groups and loads of different environments and used contemporary chart music as a way to share Jesus with young people. And honestly, in that year, I just felt like sharing Jesus became second nature. I was using my gifts and skills, communication and music, two of my passions. It felt like a dream just to bring hope to young people, to bring kindness to young people, and also to share some of my background. I, my parents went through a messy divorce when I was in my teenage years and I wanted to get alongside young people who maybe were experiencing that kind of brokenness at home and bring hope to them and encourage them that this wasn't the end of their story. It didn't have to define them. It was the most incredible year of using my gifts and my skills, my tools of the trade, my shepherd staff, my five smooth stones. And oh, it was exhilarating and amazing and I remember one moment where I was singing just having to pinch myself thinking I feel like I'm doing what I was made to do. Fast forward a year and I found myself at university 
and I was still relatively young in my faith and the advice I was given by great Christians that were surrounding me in my church was this, when you get to university, find a Christian union and find a good church. So I did both of those things. I found a great church, a church which I went to almost every Sunday whilst I was at university and it held me amazingly through those years. But I also went along to the Christian Union and this was the moment for, for me where instead of wearing my own armour, I began to put on Saul's armour instead. I got to the Christian Union and frankly speaking, I felt like an alien. I may as well have been somebody from the planet Mars. I just didn't feel I had much in common with the other people there. They were lovely and we all loved Jesus, so there was our common ground. And they tried very hard to welcome me, but they didn't really have a frame of reference for this 19-year-old girl who had just done a year singing and touring in a Christian band who got radically saved, hadn't grown up in church. I didn't know the hymns, I didn't know the prayers, I didn't know the liturgy. And I just felt like a fish out of water. But I'd been told that this was the right environment for me to plug into and good advice it was too. So I tried my best to stick with it. And then came Mission Week. And with Mission Week came, well, an experience that was very alien to me. You see, there I'd been sharing my faith as a natural expression and extension of the love I'd found in Jesus and the skills that he'd given me. It wasn't a deliberate thing, it was just a passionate thing. And then came the moment where I was handed a list of names and they were all people in my university year. Some I had friendships with and others I barely knew. And I was then handed an enormous pile of Bibles. And my job was to go through that list and to find each person, to knock on their door at university, to find a way to give them the Bible and to invite them to an event at the end of the week. Now I want you to hear me really loud and clear. There is no criticism coming from me in terms of that strategy for sharing Jesus. In fact, I know that there are amazing people in our church family who wouldn't be there if someone else in our church family hadn't knocked on the door and shared the love of Jesus. So I am not saying there is anything wrong with that. I also know that we have individuals in the life of Skylark Church who have been passionate about the Gideons as an organisation and who have handed out Bibles to countless numbers of children in schools. Again, an amazing thing to do and I'm passionate about people receiving the Word of God. But hear me right, this was not my armour. This was not my armour. These were not my tools. This was rigid. It was formulaic. It felt heavy and onerous. And what had felt like a joy suddenly felt like a chore. It felt like something I had to do. And I felt like I would be a failure as a Christian if I didn't get this job done. And so I did it. But if I'm honest, I didn't enjoy pretty much any of that. 
I was praying that those people would not be in when I knocked on their door. I was hoping I could somehow just leave it with a note outside their door. And I had some good conversations and yes, some people came to the event at the end of the week and there were some great things that happened. But how it left me feeling? Well, my passion for sharing Jesus just dulled an awful lot and I somehow felt like I had done it wrong, I was doing it wrong. That if this is what it looked like to be a successful Christian when it comes to sharing Jesus, I just, I wasn't up to the job. And it made me feel like all of the stuff that I'd done before somehow wasn't the real deal. Nobody meant for it to feel that way. It's just that they were handing me Saul's armor. And what I really needed was the courage to just wear my own. Church, I'm sharing that story for this reason, because I believe that there is no one size fits all when it comes to sharing Jesus. Yes, we are supposed to be those who enable others to taste and see that God is good. We are supposed to be, as it says in Matthew 5 from verse 14, the light of the world. And we each have our own unique corner of the world to light up with the goodness of the kingdom, with the love of Jesus. But the problem is that too often we're wearing somebody else's armor. We, we don't realize that actually light doesn't have to try to shine. Light just shines, it's innate, it's designed to shine. And in that same way, we are designed to be missional. We are not designed to be huddled up as light inside a church building, but dispersed so that we can light up every dark corner of this universe with the light and the life and the hope of Jesus. And yet so often, what should be natural to us, what we should be doing feeling at our most real and at our most authentic. I feel like we, we end up feeling like a fake or a fraud all because we've bought into a lie somewhere along the line that says it has to look like this, whatever this may be. One person's door knocking is not for another person. In fact, there are so many different ways that we can share Jesus with others. To name a few, hospitality, friendship, the way we do our day job. For many of us, what we do from Sunday to Sunday is where the true ministry happens. In fact, I'd like to suggest that what happens from Sunday to Sunday is where the true ministry happens for all of us. Sunday's a pit stop. It's the time to get topped up with petrol to have a quick tire change, to check our oil, to get refueled, and then to get out onto that enormous mission field and let our light shine. Church today, I want to invite us to take off Saul's armor. And for some of you, you have been wearing Saul's armor for a very long time, and it's left you feeling fraudulent, as you share your faith. It's left you feeling burdened and heavy. And for many, I believe it's left you feeling like you're failing. But I want to release you today because God has got a bespoke piece of armor that is just for you. 
He has got a tailor-made way for you to share Jesus that doesn't feel onerous, that doesn't feel like a chore, and that feels real and feels as natural as my five-year-old saying, hey, you've got to try this out, this ice cream, it's the best. My prayer for each of us as I come to a close is that as we embark upon this new series, that we would allow God to take off any remnants of Saul's armour, the formulaic thinking, the lie and the misconception that it has to be done a certain way, that it has to look like this, or it has to look like that, or we have to do it the way that this person does it because that's the successful model. I want us to strip away that and to put on our own unique bespoke armor that prepares us to share Jesus in a way that is authentic for us doesn't mean it won't be uncomfortable at times. It doesn't mean it won't be hard. David still had to face Goliath, but he did it as himself. He did it with his own tools for the trade. What are your tools of the trade? What has God gifted you with? What is innate in you? How do you extend an invitation to others to share Jesus, whether it's just simply sharing a meal, whether it's writing a card and words of affirmation, whether it's getting alongside people and being a great friend with no agenda through thick or through thin, whether it's caring and compassion, meeting the needs of the poor and the needy, hospital visits, making pastoral meals, or perhaps for some of you it's the gift of communication or it's creativity, media, I don't know, but each of us have a unique gift inside of us. Our tools, our armor, that will help us share the love of Jesus with others in a way that doesn't feel forced, that doesn't feel formulaic, that doesn't feel fake, but that feels authentic, natural, and real. So my challenge for each of us this week, will we take off Saul's armor Will we get rid of it altogether, even if what you have to offer feels small, inadequate, or even laughable? God is calling us to share Jesus in a way that is authentic to us. Who could you share Jesus with this week? But more importantly, how could you share him? I'm going to pray. Lord, I pray that we would have a fresh passion for sharing you, that you would restore to us the joy of sharing Jesus with others, that where it has felt hard and onerous, today by the power of your spirit, you would take off any remnants of the old armor and you would enable us to dress ourselves in the armor that you are giving us and with the tools that you have gifted us with. I pray for every person in and through Skylark Church, Skylark International and in the kingdom watching this today, that they would be released and free to be themselves as they share Jesus with the world around us. Let us shine in every dark corner of this universe. In Jesus' name. Amen.